Four added minutes. And Gerard! Added minutes here. Welcome to our first episode, sort of first. It's more of an intro to get you guys uh, to get you guys acquainted with what we're all about here. So this is the Added Minutes podcast. I'm Adam Theriot. We have Tyler Delahoy with us. Hey. So we will be talking about the beautiful game itself, soccer, football, whatever you call it. It's just it's something that we both love and would love to share our thoughts with you. Um, the added minutes podcast. So I'm guessing some of you, if you haven't watched soccer, heard about soccer, you're literally just listening to this. Cause I, we sent it out. Listen, it's a great game that we will teach you a lot about, or even if we don't teach you, you'll learn a lot through this podcast added minutes. What is that? So in soccer, just so you know, there's 90 minutes per match two 45 minute halves. And then any injuries, any goals, any stoppages of play are minutes that are added on to the end of the game. Pretty self-explanatory, right, Tyler? Yep. Uh, they also get added, they get added on to the end of each half. That is um, true, actually. So, so there's a lot of added minutes. And the reason we love added minutes is because that is where the drama happens in soccer and football. That is literally where you get all the best action. You're down one nil. You need the last goal to get a point. And you just, you just push everyone forward. You attack, attack, attack in the last minute, and crazy stuff happens, man. Anything past the 90th minute, it's one a hell of an experience. So why are we starting this podcast, Tyler? What, why, do we even like, why do we even like soccer? We're two Americans, right? <laughs> well, I mean, from my perspective, uh, so I played soccer when I was a kid, uh, but I stopped in like fifth grade or, or so. Um, but I mean, it's something that I've always, I mean, just them like FIFA or what it like watching oh, yeah. games on weekends ever since, like, I, I want to say like 2014, 2013 around then. Um, it's just something that I've always paid attention to. Even if it, even if I don't watch the games, it's always something that like I've checked up on the scores or like I'll watch the highlights after the game. Like it's something that like has always been in the back of my mind and, I mean, over the past couple of years, like, I've devoted, like, a lot more time to actually, like, learning how the game is played. Um, I mean, I've watched a lot of, like, videos oh, yeah. explaining, like, different tactics, different roles of each player on the field. Like, I mean, there's Future a lot manager on our hands here. <laughs> <laughs> Should be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the same thing for me. I mean, I literally only started – following soccer through fifa like that was how it started so like my friends yeah. would be talking about fifa playing fifa and i was like that, i mean that just seems like boring like i <laughs> i was like any other fan right when you don't know about something you just kind of brush it brush it aside you don't want to yeah learn, learn all about it because it's just extra stuff on top of what you already love as an american i love baseball i love football i love <laughs> we love football <laughs> i mean we love basketball but soccer's never like it's never that big for American yeah. fandom, but FIFA was the way I got into it. And then everyone was like, Oh my God, you have to have a team. You can't just watch the game. I was like, <laughs> fine, I'll pick a team. So I watched a little premier league. Um, and it was, it was Steven Gerrard, Daniel Sturridge, Raheem Sterling, that Liverpool team, Luis Suarez. Holy, Oh my God. That team was it was a heartbreaking year, but that was literally how I got into soccer. And I fell in love with that team, and I support Liverpool. Also, we should mention, I support Liverpool, and you? I support Man United. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we friends? <laughs> hey, for those of you that don't know, that is one of the biggest rivalries the sport has to offer. Okay, El Clasico, Real Madrid, Barcelona, that probably takes the – that takes the cake. That's the yeah. Best. That's the that's unbelievable. That's like rivalry. the game for college football, like Michigan, like, Ohio State. That's yep. El Clasico. Yankees, Red or, Sox. Ra yeah, Rank Lakers, Yankees, Celtics. Red Sox. Literally, though, yeah. all those are so much less important than that game is to those fans. Oh my god! It like, is 
unreal. Uh, it's like, incredible. But then you talk about Premier League, Liverpool, Man United. That's the game. Yeah, that, it, that I think it has to be. And uh, I mean, I would say nowadays, like Liverpool and Man City, that's a big game too. Those teams yeah. have grown to hate each other. Yeah, if you've grown up watching the Premier League only in the last like three to five yeah. years, it's Liverpool, Man City. Those are the yeah. two best teams. But you go back to the days of the 90s when Liverpool were killing it and then the 90s into the 2000s, Fergie time. Into, into the early 2010s. Yeah, well, okay, yeah, until Ronaldo <laughs> left. Uh, yeah, it was Man United's time. So you guys have caught up to us in trophies. But that's a, that's a topic for another day. Let's, let's transition and talk a little bit more about why we love soccer, why, like, why more people should. Why, why is it that we crave games and we love our teams and we follow even all the way down to the second tier of England? What, what all of this even means? So let's, let's start with how the table works. So it's not like American sports, most American sports, because there is the MLS – and uh, the NHL kind of follows the Sort similar. of. So you get points. You win a game, you get three points. You draw or tie, you get one point. And you lose, you get none. You move up and down the table based on your points. And at the end of the season, you can either get promoted up a division, or if you're in the best division, which is the English Premier League, that's what I would say is probably the most popular in the United States. I don't think it's really even close. But let's say you're in the yeah, Premier League no. and you finish in the bottom three. You go down to the second division. You don't even get a chance to play the Premier League games next season. I think that's something that is very, very entertaining. Like, it, there's a lot of drama towards the end of the season. Oh, my God. You're, you can't take If you're in, like, those last five teams in the table, yep. just every single game matters that much more. I mean, every point people – like it is tooth and nail for every single inch of ground on the field. Like it is, I mean, you're literally fighting dramatic. for either your contract or your team's brand. Like you're fighting for, and there, a lot. there is a lot of money involved with this too. Like, oh my god, it's ridiculous. Going down to another division, you your team can lose a lot of money, and it means yeah, that you, you get paid less too. Yep. So each player matters um, too. Yeah, honestly, like it's. It's one of the most exciting things in sports, and a lot of people don't know about it, but, man, the relegation battle is exciting. Like, you could be a huge player on a terrible team, you go down a division, and then all of a sudden, they don't have the budget, the wages to keep you, but you love that team, but then they have to sell you. Like, think about that from the team's perspective, too. Like, it's, it's madness, and that's something that American sports would, oh, my God. I think college football could benefit it off of something like that. But, I mean, that's a different – that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Just talking about, like, soccer, it's awesome. And then they say – it has been said many times before that the English championship division, that is the second tier of English football. First of all, there's, like, tens of – 15s of tiers of English football. Like, it goes down a lot. It, there's – I think, think – There's four – okay. Well, there's four, quote-unquote, professional divisions. Yeah. That's the championship. And it goes to – I mean – the nice thing about it is, I mean, theoretically, like you could start a team with your friends and yep. with every year, if you got promoted within like 10 or so years, you could be playing in the Premier League. If, like, well, if, okay, if you get promoted every you, single year. <laughs> if you, yeah, if you get promoted every single which right. all, never happens. Yeah, isn't, but like it, yeah. it is a cool thought to think like you could start a club on your own and within so, however many years they could be playing with all like the big shots. Right. For massive trophies. Yeah, isn't, for all isn't the hashtag money. United? Isn't that like yeah, a. They've done something like that. Yep. Um, they like started a club based on like YouTubers in, who played soccer, I think. Germany, um, Red Bull Leipzig, they did. I think they went up uh, five tiers of yep. uh, leagues in seven years or something like that. Like they it's, went up it's really incredible. fast. And now they're competing with all the. They're competing with the best teams in the world. I mean, they're, they're one, one of the, the best teams, teams in Germany in now. Yeah, and like, if not the world. It, yeah, that, it's amazing to think something like that can even happen. And honestly, like, what I was getting to is that the championship, the second division, is said to be one of the most exciting leagues to watch in the world for soccer. Because every game means you have a chance to win and go to the Premier League, which is the cream of the crop. It's the, it's the thing. 
that's that's where you want to be. And that's if you're in the, the best players in the, or in everybody wants to be in the Premier League the right now. Yeah, everybody wants to be there. So a team like Leeds United, let's use them as an example because they they have had quite the story. But we'll keep it pretty simple. Essentially, they were really really good in the '90s, and it was because they were cheating. They went bankrupt. And then they went down divisions. They almost had to sell their stadium to make money. And then here we are in, what is it, 2020? How would I not know that? What, what a year. <laughs> so now it's 2020, and here they are in the Premier League. Leeds United are back for the first time in I don't know how many years. I think, it, uh, I think close to 20. Yeah, but it's, 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 it's amazing. But either way, they have one of the biggest stadiums in England. They have one of the biggest fan bases in England, one of the most passionate fan bases in England, and they have not been in the Premier League in over 15 years. Like, think about that. That's like, I would compare it to saying, like, the Red Sox were playing in the minor leagues. Yeah. I'm, like, imagine, it, like, think about that. Like, like, yeah. like, you're a very, very passionate Red Sox fan. They play in a historic stadium, and they have a lot yeah, of history with the their Yankees team. not playing any yeah, games. Even the Yankees. Imagine the World Series not being in. Let's say they have Fenway to play Triple A. They have to play the, years. the Portland Sea Dogs. <laughs> yeah, you have to like, watch that. You have to watch that game and hope that they win enough to get back to the major leagues. And it didn't happen for over 15 years. That's Leeds, and that, right? I mean, that's the beauty of the table and promotion that, and relegation. That's that's, that's all the drama. I mean, that's, that's really all the hype. Yeah. It is. It's what, that's what a lot of the like the relegation that's why I love it. promotion struggle. That's what a lot of it boils down to. It's like those historic teams just battling it out for their shot at glory once again. Yeah, it's uh, it's awesome, and there's so much history in soccer. It's just we love. I mean, it, it what goes else? back more than a hundred years. Like, it's to, it's old. to the 1800s is when the game like first started in England. Yes, yes. I mean, we should probably get some facts on that, but it is old. I know it's old. <laughs> I know it's very old. Liverpool just celebrated their 125-year anniversary, so it's, 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 an, old, it's an old sport. All yeah. right, so let's talk more about our teams. Why do we like our teams? Why do you like Man United, Tyler? Um, I mean, it's pro- it, to be honest, I don't quite know. I just When I started watching the Premier League, it was kind of like where it was just like, just pick a team. Yep. And then when I American. actually started – yeah, <laughs> the, we, our families have no history. Like, there's. It's not like how my dad was like a Broncos fan for the NFL. It's not like that. I got like handed down a team to right. care for. It was just like I just picked, and Man United were that team, even though they weren't really good. Uh, I mean, there, it was nice. Like, red's my favorite color, so that worked. But mm. <laughs> I, I, it was like yeah. a bunch of little things that I was just. And like, that's literally know, all I it is. Like sometimes, yeah. yeah, that's all it could be. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it helped, like, looking back into their history, like, they were the most successful team in the world the year I was born. Like, yep. I thought it like, there were a couple, like, nice coincidences like that where I was like, you know, like, I think that these should be my guys. Yeah, growing up, people our age, I would say, grew up with the success of Man United. Yeah, I mean, they won. If not uh, Man United, Arsenal or Chelsea. Yeah, they got, I mean, they – Man United won back-to-back-to-back titles in the mid-2000s. I mean, they they were the most successful team in the world for a, I mean, probably a uh, 25-year span, something like that. I think think Um, they're still worth the most right now. uh, I think they're they're top three in the world. Which they haven't been been close to winning a title in... uh, In seven years. 2015 was their last title. And they're still as... And they are still, yeah, they, they are, yeah. They're worth, I mean, a little bit less than like the Dallas Cowboys for just the yeah, frame of reference. Exactly. Yeah, like, they're up, they're up there with the Barcelona and Real Madrids of the soccer uh, the, world. The New York Yankees are worth a similar amount of money. It's like those yep. type of, they're one of those type of organizations. Yeah. So Man United are big. I mean, Liverpool have bounced back. The, yeah, Liverpool. Are come we're, we're big right now, like yeah. literally right now. <laughs> but for a while, it was it was your game. It was all Man United, which is why it's such a funny dynamic that we get to chat about soccer and we're literally so <laughs> we talk about it like we're friends, but really we should be bitter rivals. <laughs> Listen, like that's the other thing about this too. I'll talk about why I love Liverpool probably too much on this podcast, but uh, like think about it this way. In the United States, 
when you're growing up, you're looking for sports to play. You've got baseball, you've got football, soccer, basketball, tennis, you, you could play golf or follow whatever sport you play, you follow generally. Right. So like put it in the perspective of literally the rest of the world, mostly Europe. So England, you got soccer and rugby and cricket. But the real, appe- the real appealing one is soccer. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, I, mean, I was in Ireland. The, the flashy light, I, like that's the big stage. It's soccer is the world's sport. It is like literally most countries play soccer, if not all. And even if they're terrible, that's probably their best sport. So, yeah. I mean, we, we have it and we were, our women's team is dominant, but I think the lack of, uh, the lack of passion for soccer in this country is due to our men's teams, United it's, States men's teams lack well, of success. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they've done well in the world, the past two world cups they've made, they both, I mean, they've advanced past the group stage. Like they've actually done pretty well for like the teams they actually had, but yeah, I mean, them not making the world cup in 2018. That, uh, that was crushing. Yeah. Can't even um, believe we didn't make the world cup, but like, that's but, the kind of thing that, you need if the sport's going to grow in this country yeah i mean that's i mean every sport in this country like it it's popular off its own successes like i mean the usa is the best basketball country in the world like hands down like we win like, and every on top of that we have the nba which is one of the most popular sport yeah, the, leagues in the world it's actually besides soccer i think cricket and basketball are like the two most followed sports in the world basketball's grown a lot yeah basketball has grown a lot i mean they've done a lot yeah. of work like on outreach and all that but um yeah for soccer in the united states i mean there's a lot of promising talent actually coming from the united states right now oh, yeah. i mean you've got oh, christian yeah. pulisic captain america himself you've got oh, giovanni reina <laughs> we, we love um, christian Josh pulisic. Sargent, i mean Weston McKinney's playing incredibly for Juventus right now. Tyler yeah, Adams he's, playing he for... Literally, he's starting for Juventus. Yeah. We, that don't know. They, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. They have... <laughs> that's a huge deal. A top... Ronaldo play... Ronaldo, who is a top two player in the world by mm-hmm. not even, like, a close margin. Like, no, he's are the best players, hands yes. down. Yes. Um, he plays for Juventus, so a, an American player he's, is playing with the, one of the best A young American player that's, like, literally our age. <laughs> Um, Serginio Dest, Zach Steffen. I mean, there's Tyler a Adams. Lot of ty- yeah, well, uh, um, yeah, Tyler oh, Adams. Tyler. Listen, we've we've got a lot of good young talent, which is hard <laughs> because most people don't know that. They just know that the U.S. team sucks. They're not yeah, good. I mean, it's like kinda... we 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 compete with what Mexico and Canada. How appealing yeah, does that I... sound? Come on. <laughs> I mean, Mexico and Canada are like. I mean, Mexico is a decent international team, but Canada... No, they are. Not, they are. Canada's... Canada is not near... Whatever. Elite. They have Alfonso Davies. Whatever. Yeah. And, Although he is... He's really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, moving up in the past, like, uh, yep. soccer in the United States, uh, I mean, it's... I think it's pretty clear to see, like, why we love the... Like, there's just so much depth to it. There's, I mean, so much... Yeah, there's levels. Like, think about it this way. If you don't want to support a team... Support a player. Support Josh Sargent. He's a young American talent playing in one of the biggest like leagues in the world, and he has the chance to really make a name for himself. And he's American. He's like you and me. He's like I a mean, lot of other people. I mean, Christian in America Kursik is from Hershey, Pennsylvania, one of the most like American towns you could think of. Like and he was the best player in what we were talking about in the Premier League at the end of last <laughs> season. He was. He yeah, on this like. Oh my God, he was on fire. He was, That's what I'm saying. Like, he, I mean, he controlled game. It was yeah. as if like LeBron James on like the basketball court, like they're right. like that type of dominance. That's um, yeah. Like I if mean, you don't he, if you don't want to support a team, support the United States. Yeah, and, and support our young players getting I mean, their foot in the door in this world that we love so much. Right. I mean, think like it. I mean, it could be like your neighbor next up on uh, on the stage, like. You never know, like, the soccer, it's so widespread throughout the country, but, like, it just doesn't we, have, And like, it's a big country. We're a... It's, oh, I mean... We have a large, yeah. large population in comparison to a country like, let's say, Portugal, 
I mean, imagine who has one of the best teams in the world, one of the best players of all time. And imagine like much an smaller athlete, than like, imagine an athlete like Christian McCaffrey playing soccer. Like, those oh are the, my God. Like, there's so much <laughs> yeah. untapped potential in the United States when it comes to soccer. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, uh, it's the amount of athleticism. Yeah. Like, and I, listen, I mean, we're talking incredible. about the men's, but you see it with the women's. Like, that's what the men's team that, yeah, has the potential to be. I, I maybe Okay, maybe not that dominant of a, of a level. <laughs> the U.S. women's national team, if you don't already know, is they're the shit. They're, they're the premier <laughs> Uh, international team in the entire world. Like they've oh won they back-to-back are, World Cups. Which yeah, is, I think they've played in three consecutive finals. Like, yeah, they are the team to watch. Yep. Yeah, we we love the U.S. Women's National Team. We love them. <laughs> yeah. But listen, the men's team—they'll have their day. I, I I truly believe that. That's that's why you gotta you gotta look at these players and say, all right, well, Weston McKinney just signed with Juventus. Juventus plays in Turin, Italy. They are one of the biggest teams. They're probably the biggest team in Italy. Yeah. AC Milan had a very good run. Yeah, it's between them, AC Milan, and Inter, really. Um, Yeah, but regardless... Inter's a little bit smaller than AC Milan, but... Regardless, Weston McKinney just signed there, and he is a young American prospect, and he started in his first game. That's a... We love that. (laughs) That's Um, what we're here for. I think... What I, I mean, our main focus, I mean, we both support Premier League teams. So um, I think we kind of want to give like a little season preview, at least like what's in our opinion, like our predictions, how things will go. A, a couple yeah. games have been played already. I th- yeah, I mean, um, the season's underway, but let's, uh, let's, let's do nothing, some predictions. The, yeah, nothing definitive has happened, so it's still fair for us. So to let's, give. let's, for those of you that don't know, through COVID, through everything, the Premier League season ended very soon to the beginning of this one but it, was it is a seven week time span between which, which is crazy the end of one season and the start of the right. next so so i mean okay so liverpool are the defending champions um we have our we have the live table right here let's go over early season we got there's okay so there's 20 teams in the premier league we got one through four is leicester city everton Arsenal and Liverpool all on two wins. Other teams that have two wins, same amount of points, Tottenham. Oh, no. Oh, no. Tottenham are on three points. So we – hold on. I'm struggling with the reading here. All right, so we got Leicester, Everton, Arsenal, Liverpool, and Crystal Palace all on six points, two wins. Tottenham, Man City, Brighton, Aston Villa, Leeds, Chelsea, Wolves, and Newcastle all have three points. But – Essen Villa and Man City are one and zero. They've only played one game. Yeah. And then rounding out the bottom, we have Burnley and Man U are zero for one, no points, one loss. Yeah. We don't talk about that yet. And then, uh. <laughs> I know. And then we have West Ham, Sheffield, Fulham, Southampton, and West Bromwich Albion, all on zero points, all with two losses to start off their season. That's how it's looking right now, but let's look at how we predicted the Premier League. I had you do it. I did it myself. Um, all right, so actually, this is another point to make, just so you know. The top four teams in the Premier League are <laughs> – essentially, if you finish in the top four, you are admitted to a competition called the Champions League. And that, that's an amazing, amazing thing because that is all the best teams from each league – in Europe. So the German league's best team, Bayern Munich, will play in the Champions League. They'll play against a team that finishes top four from the Premier League. Even team like Turkey, uh, Turkey's Italy, league yeah, has Italy, teams. Turkey, I mean, literally like every single country. Every, in almost Europe every, can every European make, country can make the Champions League. So it's a I mean, big, there, big deal, but it is the best of each teams, country. There have even been teams from like Eastern Russia, which is all the way in Asia that have played. Literally. Like, so it's, it's a very it's widespread ev- right. league. So you want to be in it. It's the best teams in Europe from each country. So top four in the Premier League gets a Champions League spot in the group stage. So the bottom three get relegated to the English second division in terms of our tables. So let's go over our tables. Why don't you start, Tyler? I, I mean, yeah, you, so let's just read them. Yeah. Go with your top four. So my top four, I have Man City 
winning the title. Uh, so one through four is Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, and then Arsenal. Um, yeah. So, I mean, looking at you, we do have pretty similar um, top <laughs> fours. The only yeah. difference is you have Liverpool listen. winning the title. Uh, <laughs> Don't spoil which is it. Which I mean... Oh, no, yeah, I know. Well, so, I'll talk more about it, but talk about yours. Why do you have Man City winning the title? So, I mean, they've improved on their defense. They got Nathan Ake. Um, mm-hmm. They got uh, – well, I mean, they – I mean, honestly, like, they didn't really go crazy in the transfer window this summer, but they are going to be getting players back from injury. They're going to have depth. one more year. A lot of yeah, depth. like uh, – I think, um, I mean, Laporte has only been there for, like, a season and a half, so he'll have another season to oh, – he'll have, like, even more time to, like, improve in yeah. that season. And he was injured already for, incredible there. He was injured for a lot of last season, too. Yeah, so they're going to be returning, like, a lot of injured players. Um, they've signed great depth. I mean, they've got in the new winger, I think Pau Torres is his name. Um, I mean, they've oh, got better oh, depth. Oh, they got like, Ferran, Ferran Torres. For, yeah, sorry. Um, yep. Yeah, very good they, young uh, player. No, I don't think yeah. any of their signings are going to start for them. But they won't start. But they will be good depth and good depth with and good all young the players. Yeah, with I mean, teams play upwards of fifty games a season, and they can be like each game is taxing on your body. So depth is one of the most important things for like sustained success. Um, they've got better depth at goalkeeper with Zach Steffen, like we mentioned before. Like and American he just goalie. started his first game. Yep. Over, um, over this week, he played really Didn't well. Look that gr- he looked okay. He only had one shot, and he, he uh, yeah, he, he let it in. But listen, he's a young American goalkeeper. He's probably the future American goalkeeper. Um, and he's at Man yeah, City. So, so I've got those, uh, and then yeah. Now, how about your uh, your bottom three? My bottom three are West Brom in twentieth place, Fulham in nineteenth, and West Ham in eighteenth. Okay, so you have, you have West Ham in eighteenth. They haven't okay. really improved, no. like, noticeably. Like, it's – I mean, honestly, that 18th is, like, the one that I had the biggest challenge with because West Brom and Fulham just haven't been convincing when they play. Like, I, I didn't have high expectations with them coming into the season, and they ha- – like, through two games – I know it's only two games, but, like, they haven't really shown many glimpses of, like, they're going to be the team to beat this year. Like, no. So, I mean, listen, so if you – all right, let's say you have West Ham in 18th. They're getting relegated. So you think David Moyes is sacked by the end of the year? Yeah. Uh, I, I, see, I don't know about that. David Moyes is a little bit interesting. Like, he – when he was the coach at Sunderland, he – they only got 12 points through the whole year, which is only four wins yep. out of 38 games. Like, that is – you don't know, that's, that's really bad. That's pathetic. Like, that's incredibly bad. But he lasted the entire season as their coach. Like, yeah. no matter how poorly they were playing, like, he was – Although, he, he wasn't time. dealt the best card. That team was – No, that team was terrible. <sighs> but, I mean, they didn't even try anything with it. Like, yeah. so maybe they had faith, whatever, in his system. But, I don't know. Like, they just – the signings haven't been there. I know that they they were, like, a problem at the end of last season. I mean, they – Antonio scored seven goals in four games or something. They, I mean, they were like that. They were right on the line um, of getting relegated last year too. Yeah, but like I said, like they haven't made many improvements, and like, I mean, with like margins as close as they are in the Premier League, like each, the difference between like each team going up and down is like one or two goals through the course of the whole season. Um, and uh, like I said, like they haven't really made those improvements in order to get those one or two goals, and. I think they might be punished for it. So um, just to just to add to that, I, I was curious to see where uh, the Declan Rice saga is at because he it is looks like he'll stay. No, I uh, wait. Really? In in fact, as, wait, as you he? said that, I just read that about uh, I don't know, like six something hours ago, he agreed to personal terms with Chelsea. Wow! I, yeah, which, I hadn't seen that. Which is scary for uh, for teams at the top of the league to hear that about Chelsea, a team that's signed eight players this summer. Eight. I don't think they've sold anybody either. Um, okay, maybe one. I mean, they two. usually send out a lot of guys on loan. Oh my god, they have literally their entire team from three actually, years ago on loan. Sent, I think they sent Tamori on loan. Yes, yes, Tamori left. Um, 
Um, so yeah, you have West Ham, Fulham, and West Brom back to the championship at the end of this season. And then you yeah. have Man City winning the title, followed by Liverpool, Chelsea, and Arsenal. Yeah. And then you have your boys in fifth. So, is that is, you think that's a realistic expectation? I think it's a realistic expectation. So, Man yeah. United have a lot of problems with their owners. Um, they just don't like to invest in the team, and I mean, they really they treat the team as like a piggy bank, sort of like they gave the team loans with like decent interest rates, but it's like they're the ones that control the team. So, like they were really paying themselves like more money than they gave up. I don't know. Um, it's a bit odd. The financials are weird, but they just, they haven't, inv- they got uh, Donny Van de Beek and he looks like he was a good purchase. Like he is. he's, he yeah, adds like, the I right like type of depth in midfield that they crucially need. like that. It's what cost them towards the end of last season. They, I mean, they could have, I mean, they really could have won, like, the Europa League or whatever if they just had, like, one – if they had that type of player in midfield. But um, they just haven't wanted to spend the money. Like, I mean, they could have gotten Jaden Sancho. They're, like, $5 million apart uh, yeah. for, like, on a $100 million deal. For and that's the their player. guy. They needed a guy like that to, yeah. make, to make the next jump, which a lot of people thought they did with Bruno. But it, uh, it's hard. it's hard when you have – you can't rely on a lot of midfielders player. and guys. I don't know the guys that are inconsistent in the yeah. attack. A guy like, to my point, a guy like Jaden Sancho would have really. That he would have a player, been the next step. I mean, he got twenty goals and twenty assists last season, and that is the type of consistency that United need. That that's the type of goal. <laughs> that's the type of consistency any team could use. Yeah, I mean, we we could um, use that. Oh my god. I mean, and then it looks like Alex Telles, the left back from Porto, will be going to United, and, uh, and I mean, he's, he's solid. He's solid. Yeah, he's a good player. He's a very one of the better, most and underrated left backs. Luke Shaw needs somebody to challenge for that position. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, you he, th- last season you thought it was Brandon Williams. I, well, at some point, I think Brandon Williams can be a good challenger to Juan Bissaka on the right. But Brandon Williams, like, he he's not left footed. That's the biggest problem with playing left back is that you probably need somebody who's left footed because. <laughs> it's just it's ideal it's ideal. yeah it's ideal it's kind of hard to explain what like it's just that that's the foot that's on the outside of the field so you want them to be able to kick but um if you're coming down the line with your left foot it's a better cross it's a yeah, better it's a better lot to play of advantages. the ball out down the line with your left foot yeah there's a lot of advantages to having your strong foot be on the side of the field that you play on at least in defense um but so luke shaw needed somebody to challenge for his position because he, what like it's noticeable when he does play. Like when Brandon Williams is in that spot, like Luke Shaw has the experience where he can like kind of, I mean he he does still play like kind of, he is kind of shaky at times still, but he does he he's smart enough and like he's fast and like he he has the strength to like fend for his position, um, and like he's creative enough in attack. Like he's still average in like every part of the field, but like. He does have his moments where, like, he can kind of take over a game with, like, maybe, like, he's had some great crosses. He's scored some important goals. Um, But, yeah, uh, so Alex Tellis would be a good challenger for him. You don't think that takes them into the Champions League? None of the the offseason is convincing enough for you? I mean, like, I I made this list after seeing their performance against Crystal Palace, and <laughs> Crystal Palace gave them challenges last season, too. Crystal Palace is, is no joke. They're not a bad team, no. Nah, they're, they're okay. But, the, yeah, the, they're more like an average team, and they, that United should beat those types of yes. teams if they're going to challenge for the Champions League and, like, especially the title. Like, those are the games that you really need to win yeah, by that's, convincing not, margin. I wouldn't say they're at the title yet, but they're, they're very no. close to being a top-four team. All right, let me uh, – <laughs> Let me read off your six. So you have City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, United. Let me read off six through 17, the whole mid-table. And then I have one thing that I want to point out that I see that I, I'm curious to hear your topic on. All right, so six, starting at six, you have Tottenham, then Leicester, Wolves, Southampton, Everton, Brighton, Leeds, the newly promoted Leeds, Crystal Palace, who we just talked about, then Sheffield United, then Newcastle, Alts, Aston Villa, and Burnley just escaping the promotion. Now, 
I want to know why you have Southampton ninth. I'm curious. So, I mean, quite frankly, it's because of their coach. <laughs> yep, Ralph. Ralph has He's Zico, huge. Is a great coach. And he's um, huge. He's like six Oh, he's a, yeah, he's a massive he's enormous. person too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he's a great coach. And don't know how to say they, his last name. I, uh, or at least I, don't, <laughs> at least I don't remember it. So <laughs> they played, they haven't won their first two games, but really to get ninth, you have to get about 40 points, which is like a third of the points. Or right. no, you have to get, you have to get a little more than 40, or probably closer to 50. Um, and that's not even half the points that you have to get from the whole season. So losing the first two games isn't the end of the world. No. Um, and they really do – they aren't a top-four team, but they play like one, just they don't have the same quality of players, so they don't get a, the exact same results. So you like their, their style, their tactics versus like a – yeah. like United, like, like a team that is almost top-four. Yeah, like United have the – like, I mean, United have only come – top seven in the past like five years because they can just spend more money than anybody else like it's and they have the it doesn't matter right it doesn't matter where they come on the table because they have a bigger pocketbook than any other team in the league and it doesn't even matter yeah um actually just a small small side note just for people that are listening that know nothing about what we're talking about which you'll learn you'll learn don't worry about it just get into it and learn but my point is money so it's different a lot different than American sports where you have a free agency period after a season is over. Essentially there's always a free agency period when you have a transfer window open in soccer. So if the transfer window is open, you can go to any team that's on a contract, any team, and you can ask to buy them for whatever, whatever their value is. I mean, they might be a hundred million dollars, but you can buy that player, but you can buy that player. Like even if they're on contract with let's, the whole Messi saga this summer. Messi was rumored to go to Manchester City, which is a team in the Premier League, which was absurd to hear because Messi. We, we'll we'll have opinion, our Lionel Messi that, Ronaldo debate another day, but in my Messi's opinion, one of the best, the best players. Player. Ever. Yeah. He might be. He might be. But he was going to move away from his longtime team, Barcelona, and Man City could have just offered them what to two hundred and fifty million, a large number. And they could have just well, got him. Barcelona wanted $700 million. So that wasn't really going to happen. But but to my point, Man City, had they had that money, they could have just bought in Lionel Messi. It's not a matter of like, okay, yes, they do have to agree with the player, but it's not a matter to, of like Yeah, they have trading. to agree a contract, but it's not like – You're not going to trade prospects. You're not going to trade prospects for Messi. Yeah, there's no draft. Um, nope, no draft. There's no draft. And really like – the best teams get the best players just because they have the most money. Like it's not. Yep. And you earn. It's not like the NFL where there's a yeah. salary cap where like the teams are roughly balanced. Like even though like in the NFL, like the Jets are one of the worst teams in the league, but they still beat the Patriots like once every two years. That doesn't really ha- that doesn't happen all the time in the Premier League. Like no. there have been the best teams generally win more because yeah. they spend the most money and have the most quality and win a lot more. Like there, there it's have been times where like teams don't win against another team for seven seasons They'll play, so that's At 14 games yeah like there have been ridiculous stretches of time where teams don't lose it against another team um and yeah. it's just because they have more money and and, and it's just, not a matter of like or i it's not a matter of disregard that it's a matter of your <laughs> owner your, your owner is your bankroll oh. yeah to a to or, a t and then you also income to like, and then you also get selling, income through winning trophies winning competition trophies, your position in the league how many yep. shirts you sell like if you sell a player shirt, shirt sales get, that all um, adds up to if sales. you can buy a player think about that like if you sell a, a ton of marcus rashford shirts you can maybe then afford Jaden sancho <laughs> yeah i mean imagine if the Celtics it's not it's not started, that it's not that like one in one like eye for eye but like imagine if the celtics sold uh let's say like they sold a hundred thousand jason tatum sir sure they still couldn't trade I mean, for lebron they still couldn't trade but in soccer they could just go buy lebron and say the lakers say yeah, he in, has, in that in that term yeah yeah in that term yeah um <laughs> they could go buy lebron and they could have the best player in the world well they would be using their money on him the, but they, they could still do it yeah so that would improve their team um at least in summer cards right even 
if it's not the right fit, that's another thing. Like some teams waste their money because they buy players at certain positions that they already have a lot of good players at, so they don't. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a lot to go with the transfer market. There's a lot of different rules. I don't think we should get into it right now. No, no. I just wanted to bring it up more or less just so people know. Listen, honestly, this first episode is going to be a lot of learning. And I think we've taught a lot so far. We just want want people to understand why we love this game so much and why more people should, or at least try to, at least pick it up for a little bit and see if you have the same reactions. But I, I will say you have to be watching it for a reason. I don't know if I would be watching soccer as heavily if I was if I didn't start being a Liverpool fan right away. Like, yeah, it it helps to get like emotional. Like watching, 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 watching the games, rooting for your team to buy players to get better to win. Although it, it's it yeah. takes a lot out of you. Like if you it really helps. follow it, it's a lot. It helps to get emotionally invested in the games, but like, I mean, I, knowing myself, like I do just appreciate like the flow of the game, like. I mean, yeah. just how, like, the game progresses, like, how teams build up into an attack to potentially score a goal, how teams defend. There, I think that there's, like, a lot of beauty in that. And, like, just, like, the different ways that coaches set up their teams in order for them to, like – I mean, they a lot of coaches set up their teams to specifically beat another team. Like, they watch film and stuff just like they do in the NFL. Right. Uh, there's – a lot of like it's a full week's worth of practice before you play that one game on Saturday, just like football. Um, and it is a long game, two, it is a yeah, halves, not a very long halftime, and it is like all running, so, yeah. It is, I mean, it's sprint, it goes from sprinting to jogging to sprinting to jog, like one after the other. There is very little walking around, there's a little bit of standing around if you're maybe a defender or whatever, but like, yeah, goalkeepers. Nowadays, get away with it Goal, goalkeepers get away yeah <laughs> they get to be lazy but um yeah so i mean especially nowadays with like how teams play with like trying teams play defense now by like basically do like a full court press in basketball they do right. that a lot so that requires a lot more energy so players you're literally are in incredible shape you're they like your pack hours your pack attacking you're literally your pack mentality you're pressing hard 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 until you get the ball and if you don't get it you're literally sprinting around for like yeah five minutes i mean it's think, amazing I, th- I think the stat i think in the nfl there's only around like 20 minutes of actual game to, like when the ball is snapped and players are running around the field in soccer there is 90 minutes of that granted with a lot less like physicality right. like you're not shoving somebody around contact but, that's that's where a lot of people lose soccer is is the contact flopping aspect yeah, that's what makes a lot of people upset, and it is a part of the game. It is annoying to watch, even from my perspective. But like, I mean, just watching the like every other part of the because I mean, you might get like three, four flops a game. I mean, and it is honestly, it sucks to say, but I I hate flops. I hate watching them. But they're tactical. They're tactical. You're I mean, like you you flop to get a call so that your team gets the ball, so that there's a stoppage, so that you might get a a penalty in the box like i mean th- like there's reason there, for it. it's not just that millions of dollars on the are... line if you just yes. fall over it's it's so, a, as we talked about yeah like there's a it sucks but there's a reason for it and i mean it, reps do reward it like i mean if you fall over i mean you can get carded players, for flopping if they think you flopped but a 97 percent of the time i would say it is going to be called against oh, the other player some players I mean, you could actually get fouled, and the foul won't be called unless you fall over. So right. what's the reason to not fall over? Like, you're going to get reward. Your team will get rewarded. I mean, the other player committed, like, he broke the rules technically by fouling you. Yeah. So why should you reward that other player by staying up? That's the type yeah. of idea. I mean, listen, NBA, flopping. there's tons of flopping in the NBA. So if yeah, you're into I mean, flopping, it's in every sport. there you go, whatever. It's, there's parts of every sport that people don't like. So you got to just get over that kind of thing if you really want to, if you really want to get into it. All right. So let's just quickly, let's just quickly go through my, uh, my table. I, I think I read your whole table. I did my little Southampton curiosity in ninth. I I like, I like that. I just want to go over two more on my, because I think uh, fire through, uh, what do we got? Leeds and Sheffield United because Sheffield United. You do have Sheffield United in 14th last year. They were ninth place. Yeah, year. but they were challenging for the top four pretty much the whole year. So that's a big they job. Were, I mean, they were a good team. But 
so they again with like they've signed a couple good players but i think that they'll suffer from the second season syndrome which is uh, it's something to do with the premier league just teams that survive their first year after promotion generally struggle the next year compared to like how they uh played the year before so i so- think a sophomore just, slump yeah sophomore slump that's uh, that's a good way to put it too mm-hmm. Um, so I think Sheffield United will struggle a little bit, especially like early on in the season. They might pick things up towards the end, but, um, I think that they'll just struggle a little bit and I think they'll come in 14th, but, and then Leeds, people have, people think that they're the next Wolves United and their coach is a great thinker. Like, uh, Man City's coach models a lot of his game off of Leeds coach. Cause he was like his mentor, basically like Leeds coach right. helped to teach Man City's coach at some point in the, um, we are talking about Marcelo Bielsa. Yeah, we're talking about Marcelo Bielsa, the coach. Love of that Leeds. guy. Love that uh, guy. Uh, if but, you don't, if you don't have a Premier League team, I would be I would be a Leeds fan. <laughs> they're they're fun to watch, and they just got promoted. It's a good. They story. are a good team. They score a lot. We've of goals, been talking too, a lot so about their games. Leeds. Are pretty active. Yeah, yeah they, I mean, we've been talking a lot about. They're, they are hey, the they're the hot topic the right now. Yeah, they they're are. the big story of the season. All right, so um, you have them in twelfth. I have them in twelfth. So people are thinking that they're the next Wolves. And if wolves you don't know, Wolves were newly promoted, and now they're they're they're, they're t- kind of close to a top four. So they're they're doing way better than a lot of people thought they would. To this, yeah, point. they are punching well above their pay grade for yep. how long they've been in the league. Um, people, yeah, people are thinking that Leeds are going to be like a similar light. Um, honestly, I think that they just give up too many goals. They gave up three goals to Fulham after being up four to one. 12th is still a pretty decent spot, though. 12th is a good spot for their first season. But I think that's respectable. Yeah, I think that they're going to be, like, all right, but I don't think that they're going to be, like, the best team in the world. Like, they'll punch at their pay grade, I think. Which is a high-attacking, not-very-defensive team, which is generally mid-table. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so let me quickly go through mine. Um, you can make comments after, but I'll go through my top four, my bottom three, and then I'll quickly read that mid-table. So my top four, yes, I do have Liverpool winning the league again, and then I have <laughs> them followed by Man City, Chelsea, and Arsenal. Um, I, I just – I'm okay, yes, it's probably biased. I think it is biased, but <laughs> how could I not be biased? Liverpool were the most consistent team in the Premier League last year by a large, large margin. And, One of the biggest point gaps of all time. Yeah, Listen, until after they then, won the title, they were the most consistent team. And then a global pandemic hit. Who, like, who predicted that? And then <laughs> following that, they just couldn't get themselves back to where they were, which is understandable, but – Okay, so that's where we were last season. Man City got a little bit better. Most of their team is their new signings are depth. Yep. But besides that, I would say they are pretty much the same team as last year. Um, that it'll help that they have Laporte back, but I don't think it's going to help enough. To Rodri will also have spent another year in that system, and I think that's an okay. important part too. All right, let, let me finish on my Liverpool rant. <laughs> yeah. On my my rant of my title champions, I. I love. I think Klopp's a better manager than Pep in terms of consistency and in terms of winning games that they may, they they probably shouldn't. Um, changing tactics late in the game, and I honestly think that Man City didn't improve enough to where Liverpool did very recently. But they did. They uh, <laughs> they went and signed my guy Thiago, who I could go on for hours on why he is so important to any team that he's on. His energy. His creativity, his technical ability, his work rate, it fits beautifully into Liverpool's team. They, okay, so Liverpool's midfielders were Genie Wijnaldum, Henderson, Jordan Henderson, and Nabi Keita, Oxlade-Chamberlain. Those are a lot of really good players, but Thiago's, Thiago's ability to – his ability to distribute will – literally change a lot of games because last year he, he can Liverpool would get into these games on that team. no he's the best passer on the team yeah very close to being the best passer in the world arguably with Kevin De Bruyne who's oof, he's, uh, he's really good better at finishing like getting that final ball into the box but Tiago is good at like building up play all right so that's an argument but <laughs> but this is where Tiago sets Liverpool apart in my opinion 
along with having the Giogo Jota signing to have some just attacking depth, which is phenomenal. They need that. We were talking about how important depth is. But yeah. Thiago's importance comes when they're playing teams that are like Chelsea were 10 men in the 10 men. They got a red card in last weekend's game. They were down to 10 men. So they packed the box when teams yeah. pack the box against Liverpool and just, they literally, they don't care about scoring. They only care about packing the box, making Liverpool do these ridiculous moves in order to beat it. Counterattacking would be their offense, but they don't care about their goals. They care about Liverpool not scoring. Thiago can get the ball with 10 guys literally in the box and he can find and pass and create in ways that I think can get them goals and separate themselves yet again. Um, I think the point gap is going to be much closer. I think this is going to be a race that's a lot like two years ago when it literally came down to the last day. But I think at the end of the day, Liverpool is going to get more points. Chelsea, if, if Chelsea do get this Declan Rice signing though, um, that could be, that could be an interesting thing there because they've made a lot of changes. I I would, I I would compare it to the Miami heat when they signed LeBron, Wade, and Bosch, at the beginning of their season, they did not look good. They didn't because they've never played together before. But yeah. that's the same thing with Chelsea. But Chelsea spent a ton of money on some really talented players that I think eventually are going to be good enough for top four, but it's not their, not their year for the league. So that's why I have them third, at least. They've got a lot of young talent. Like, they are built for the future. It's, yeah. They won't – they won't win it this year, but in the years coming, like they will be a force to be reckoned with. Especially if they get Declan Rice, who they don't really have like a, a captain, I would say, like a Jordan Henderson, a vocal leader, someone who can like, if Kai Havertz plays a terrible pass inside the box or shoots when he should have passed, he'll tell him. And Declan Rice is that guy. So yeah, that could be pretty interesting. All right, let me just quickly go through my bottom three mid-table, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap this up. So I got... In my bottom three, I got Burnley, Aston Villa, and West Brom. West, I think we both agreed West Brom are going down. West Brom, yeah, they're that's, they that's, like the worst. That's the commonality there. <laughs> I think Aston Villa should have gone down last year. They got real lucky. I actually do like their team a little bit, but I just – they didn't improve it enough for me. They, I think they're going down. I have I them in 19th. That, so, with Aston Villa – Honestly, I think that the biggest difference will be Emiliano Martinez. Um, it might be. They didn't have like. They I had, mean, he's a good keeper, but I think he's hit a pretty, pretty ridiculous amount of form with Arsenal, which earned was, him, which earned him the Aston Villa signing. But yeah, I don't but know if I, he's going to be the same player for them. I think he'll be able to make just enough saves in order to save their season. Really. Okay. Um. Because he was just a great shot stopper last year. Like, oh my god, he was phenomenal. I think save. he was. I think he was playing over his ability. Uh, he definitely was, but I mean, to be honest, like we've never really seen him in like a competitive game before that. So there's no real way to tell like what his actual ability was. I mean, maybe he's just a player for the big stage. Like, yeah, there's really no way to know. I mean, I, we'll know by the end of the season whether or not he's like the real deal. But it is interesting. He was yeah, impressive. Uh, when they actually played, or when he played last season. Yeah. Um, uh, All right. I think that he just might be enough to save their season. All right. Well, anyways, I have them going down, and then I also have Burnley going down, who to me just are not – they're not sexy enough to do anything. I, 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 they're just, they never are. But, but then they do. I've seen Burnley in prediction tables where they've been like 10th, 20th. and then uh, like, 20th, and then like – They'll completely subvert that. Like, whatever, don't know. whatever you think that they're going to do, they will do the exact opposite in a way I think that this you wouldn't is, have even imagined. I think this is finally the year that they didn't make enough moves. They don't play as attacking enough, and they go down. Uh, barely, but I think that Fulham barely escaped them in 17th. Um, the, uh, the promotion playoff last year, Fulham really showed some mental toughness because I don't really think they're the best team at all. Yeah, uh, especially they last lo- year, they lost a lot. Of, they are a less talented team than when they were in the Premier League two years ago. However, but, the team that they had two years ago, they lost players on loan last year because they couldn't pay them the wages 
since they were in the championship. So I think now they might get some players back. I don't actually know where Fulham are at with their roster, but I know know for a fact that they're mentally tough and that they probably have a little bit more attacking than Burnley. So I think they are one spot above Burnley, but barely in 17th. And then I'm going to fire through my mid table. And then I just want you to want you to hit me with it. I want to see what you say, what you think. So we'll start at five with Manchester United. I have the same, pretty much the same takes as you do there. Like, yeah, we agree on that one. They are, they are close. They're so close, but I think Arsenal, Arsenal have also been in form the last few months. They've looked really good. I think they're going to get a Champions League spot, but their coach has impressed me. Yeah, like, Arteta's done more than I thought he would. But yeah. Anyways, they're fourth, and then starting at five, I have Man United, Wolves, Tottenham seven, Everton eighth, Leicester, Brighton, Sheffield United, West Ham, Southampton, Leeds in fourteenth, and then Crystal Palace, Newcastle, and Fulham just escaping the relegation. I just yeah. want to make a point that I have Everton eighth, which probably seems pretty high. But I, I originally, I know I would have had them lower had we done this before the season. <laughs> but I've watched them through two games. They signed James Rodriguez, who I wasn't sure was going to be good. But he looks, he, he looks closer to his older self than he has in a while. And I think Carlo Angelotti has enough there. I think they have the talent. But just like with Angelotti coached at Bayern Munich before this, and in his last season, that they were not impressive. Even the season that before he got fired, um, they, I mean, they, they won the title, but, like, Bayern Munich winning the title is not impressive. But, I mean, that's like, at this point, <laughs> that's like the Patriots winning a title. Like, except okay, Bayern no, Munich no, does no. it every season. No, it's not. It's like Alabama winning the college football playoffs. Okay, yeah, that, that's probably it's, better. It's almost guaranteed all it's they have to expected. do is just play the games. That yeah, that is expected of them. Like they, that is Which, not impressive. To be honest, them. though, they do every year. They, they, yeah, I mean, they, they still do. They meet their expectation every season, but like they, it's whether or not they look impressive doing it. <laughs> and I, I don't know. Everton finished a lot lower than I thought they would last season too. Uh, so I, I don't know if I just trust Ancelotti now. Like, just what I've seen from them, like. They have played well against teams. Like, I can't take that away from them. But, like, I, I just think when, like, when it will come down, when, like, push comes to shove, I don't think that they'll show up. I think that they'll lose just too which many. Is, which is commonly games. what Everton do. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is generally how it works. I think Bill Shankly, who is a famous, iconic Liverpool manager, famously once said um, – I generally love to look at how Everton are doing. I just don't know how far down the table I'll be looking. So, <laughs> <laughs> so listen, I, I I love hating on Everton. They are Liverpool's in city rival. Everton are literally yeah. from Liverpool. They're they like literally like five minutes away. Each other. Yeah. But I I've got a feeling this year that they actually do turn a corner. Calvert Lewin is going to contend for Golden Boot. I think. Um. And I, I just I think that midfield that they worked on is actually pretty good. Allen's really good. Allen's really good. Hamas is really good. Um, and they're, I mean, Andre they're, they're veterans. Has it's not like well for them. They're they're veterans. They didn't sign guys like Chelsea did, who they didn't. Play, they are experienced, yeah. but they're young. The guys yeah. that Everton have signed have all played in many competitions. They're all in their late twenties. So I, I I think they get eighth, just behind Tottenham, who I think is going to disappoint again. Yeah, I mean, even though they got, I, I don't Gareth know if I trust Mourinho. They they beat it's Mourinho. Tottenham beat Southampton five to two. Just for uh, a little bit of context for everybody else, right? But they so there's such thing as like expected goals. There's a lot of like funky math with it. But basically, they scored like two or three more goals that they were actually expected to, like just based on like the other stats from the game. Um, so they punch, they punched above their pay grade for that game specifically. And other than two players on that team, the rest of the team did not play that well. So one game definitely isn't enough to make like a solid judgment off of, but yeah. All right. And then two more things I'm just going to go over with my table. Um, 
in comparison tiers at least. I have Southampton 13th, which is four below where you had them at ninth. I, I do think they have the manager, and I do think he's a future like national team manager. I, but I think that they have the manager. But I don't too. think they have the players. I don't think – well – Southampton, Southampton last year was the Danny Ings is on fire show, which was yeah. awesome. But I don't think that's enough to get them that high this year. I still have them in the mid table above Leeds, who I have in 14th. Who did they say? They have Kyle Walker Peters again, this time on right. a permanent move. And I, I think he's really impressive. Um, he's I, just, right I just think that there's not enough there player wise. And I think that Leeds. I just, I just don't have them that high. I mean, I still have them avoiding relegation, but I think they're going to give up way too many goals, and then sometimes they won't be able to attack and come back from deficits. So, yeah, that's uh, our tables. Yeah. That that is our tables. Let's. Uh, I guess uh, predictions for the Golden Boot. I think it'll be Aubameyang. Oh my God, that's what I was going to say. Damn uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our, our Arsenal got better, and Aubameyang won it last year. And so, he just signed an extension. Uh, Jamie Vardy won it last year. If it's not Aubameyang, I'm just going to say Mo Salah because he's the most <laughs> consistent player in the world that doesn't get talked about. Uh, also, yeah, I think side Aubameyang note, it. back to Thiago. I just <laughs> think you need to get on that bandwagon if you're not already. Thiago, he Thiago one Alcantara, one of the best he might be better than Kevin De Bruyne. We don't he know that yet because we haven't seen him in the Premier League. No, he might. he's probably not. Either way, get on the fan club. I'm the president of the Tiago Alcantara fan club. I know there's a lot of people that would vouch for that. Get on the team now. Get get with it. Anyways, let's just look at like let's look at our team's games for this weekend. We won't do all the games. Let's just do our team's games. You guys have Brighton tomorrow. Manchester United, Brighton, seven thirty AM. If they can't win that game I, I know I have Brighton uh, ranked pretty high on my uh, prediction. I have them at eleventh. Um, and for Brighton, that's pretty good. Um, it is. And they, if, I actually love Brighton. But if Brighton's United team. can't beat them, I really – I can't have any faith in this season. Can we get a score? I know it's – I know I said that you – Tomorrow, uh, 7.30 a.m., Manchester United, Brighton, score. Man United beat them 3-1 the second game last season. I, I see like a one nothing uh, to Man United winning. I actually think they're going to play pretty well. Um Especially, so. especially coming off the loss, I, I would say three-one United. They do tend to respond well to losses. So that's something I, I, I think they're going to uh, give up a goal as they generally do. But they um, were one of the stronger defensive teams last season. I think they were second. They only gave up well, the second you, most. You haven't, you haven't seen second. Tariq Lamptey play for Brighton. He is phenomenal. He's I think he's a Chelsea loan, but he's a right back and he is the one of the quickest players in the league. Um, I love Brighton I actually. I, I love I love their team their personnel but it's only 19 he's 5'5 five, five. oh my god you gotta watch him play if you haven't seen Tariq Lamptey play he's, watch him he's play he's just a bullet running around the field he's ridiculous he's unbelievable <laughs> one of the best young right backs that people don't know about um okay. all right and then let's go Liverpool Arsenal Monday night what would you say I know what I'm gonna say um Arsenal the last time they played Arsenal caused a lot of problems for yep. Liverpool and that was in the uh, Community Shield. Where's it being played at? Anfield? It's at Anfield, but honestly, does that even really matter if there's no fans? No, it does matter. I, I mean, travel does take a, its toll okay. on a lot of the players. All right, so um, score prediction, what do you got? I'll say 2 nothing Liverpool. Well, with what I've seen from Liverpool's defense and how I know that Arsenal play <laughs> – my score prediction is 3-2 Liverpool. Really? Yeah. I, I, I know it's high scoring, but, man, this team looks a lot like they did two years ago where they were gaping in defense and they looked incredible on the counter. And I yes. think Arsenal are going to be – I think they're going to – Arteta is smart enough where he's going to play the game with them in possession and actually try to See, uh, create more I, chances versus a – Chelsea or a Tottenham who are just going to pack the box and allow Liverpool to attack and just hope that you get I the best like out Arteta. of that. I like Arteta. I just – so Arteta was Pep, Pep Guardiola's uh, assistant at Man City, and Pep Guardiola tends to overthink big games. Um, it, it's – I mean, it's – like, he's won a lot in his career. Like, he's an incredible right. manager, one of the best. Well, well either way. 
Um, I, I have a high-scoring game. You have what? Two nil. Yeah, two nothing Liverpool. All right. But well, I think Arteta might overthink the game. I think I just don't think he has the experience yet because this is the first team he's ever managed. So I know, I know, and honestly, I I don't know what I'm thinking there. That's why I'm going more bigger than uh, conservative. It might be yeah. one nil Liverpool, but I'm going three two. You're going two nil. We both have United and Liverpool winning this weekend. Hopefully, it's a good weekend. So listen, until next episode, it was a pleasure, Tyler. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll catch up next week. Yeah.